This is Modern Day's Pastime, a WNYU podcast here to discuss the latest news and developments of both Major and Minor League Baseball. Welcome to Modern Day on WNYU.org, as well as all streaming platforms where podcasts are located. This is our first show of real baseball in the 2021 season. Opening day was on Thursday, and I'm here. My name is Uchi Vasva, alongside with Philip Moon and Matthew Mendoza. It is currently 11.17 a.m. We're recording this. We're recording this so we can watch other sports during the day, but mostly baseball. And we don't want this to interfere with any of that. So we're a little tired, but we're here to recap everything because in two days, whether or not a lot happened, and for the record, a lot did happen, but it's just exciting to talk some actual real baseball. So yeah, let's get to it. Um, Philip, we're going to start with you because this is, you were the New York Yankee fan and they've only played one game, but they lost that one game to three and two and Having a zero win percentage, I think, is something that looks very bad in one game. But look, you can discuss whatever you want. Let me just recap to anyone listening. First game of the season, the Blue Jays beat the Yankees in 10 innings. DJ LeMahieu, who probably should have been MVP of the American League last year, not, not off to a great start, went 0 for 4. Aaron Judge went 1 for 5. Surprisingly, though, the star hitter for the Yankees was Gary Sanchez hitting that two-run homer. And look, I mean, it, and also for the record, Jay Bruce playing first base. I just, I still think that's funny. Uh, Aaron Judge had a chance to win the game in the bottom of the ninth, but does what he does a lot and he struck out. And then they went to this horrible, because we can have our opinions, are this horrible idea of starting extra innings with a runner on second base. And the Blue Jays scored a run in the top of the 10th. Yankees could not capitalize in the bottom of the 10th. So one game in the season, Phillip, what are you seeing? And who are, they, they're pitch, who are they pitching today? I think they're pitching Kluber today. So what's your thoughts on today's game? Yeah. Um, you know, what's funny is that I remember when we were talking about the, um, like the runner on second rule. And I said I didn't really have any issues with it at the time because it would help. Um, speed up games for COVID. But when I, when I was watching that game and I saw that run get scored in artificially, I just, I, I hated it. Like I, just watching it be used like against my team, I think I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm fully against it. At this awful. Point. I think it's a stupid rule, but um, in terms of the rest of the game, I don't think Garrett Cole looked as sharp as um, you would expect him to be like midseason. So I think that's just something that he's going to have to figure out as we go into the season. He was missing a lot with his slider the whole game. And then the pitch that he threw to T. Oscar Hernandez that um, he gave up a bomb onto was like could not be more middle middle. And then, yeah, the rest of the offense, just like you said, couldn't figure it out. Aaron Judge really, he had two chances. He had a chance in the bottom of the seventh with the bases loaded. And then grounded into a double play. And then, like you said, he struck out with runners in scoring position in less than two outs. So, um, yeah, 
I mean, it was just a disappointing day all around, I think. The one good thing, I think, was that the whole pitching staff was pretty solid for the most part. So, And yeah. something that the biggest shocker of me was how efficient the Blue Jays' bullpen was. Like, I, the Blue Jays' bullpen, I don't think it's something we talk too much about, but they did not allow a run. It was like David Phelps, a former Yankee, and who else was in there? It was uh, Chad, what's I mean, uh, Rafael Dolis. Julian May- Merriweather too, the guy who yeah, like Merriweather was the one. He, Merriweather was the one who struck out the side. Who was it? It was like a Judge Torres and Stanton. I think. I, I think he got. It was. It was like yeah, Hicks, Stanton, Torres. Okay, Hicks, Stanton, Torres. Fair. Okay, so look with Aaron Judge, I think. Look, it's fun as someone who, and I'm sure Matt can attest to this too, as someone who likes to root against the Yankees. Matt, what's your signature, uh, um, John Sterling phrase when it doesn't go their way? Uh, Yankees lose. And <laughs> the other day. So, but you guys are playing today. Corey Kluber is getting his first start against the, who's pitching, who's, do you know who's pitching today for the Blue Jays? The, um, it is Ross Stripling. So, yep, should be another good game. And we'll see. Game starts in a little under two hours. So, we'll be fully awake by then. So, let's talk about Matt. Let's talk about your team and, Oh, I wouldn't have issues with your team losing, but they're losing to the wrong team. And you're starting off 2-0 and in the season. 0-2-0 in the season. The Houston Trastros, Astros. Um, and look, the Houston's best hitter in the first two games probably Michael Brantley. He's had, he has an over, I think, 600 average so far, even though average can be argued as a useless stat. I, for one, to argue with that as a sabermetrics enthusiast. Uh, but Jose Altuve last night was three for three with two walks. I didn't see the play, but apparently he scored on a pop-up or something. I, I don't know, but we should research that if anyone knows. And you've got, and Alex Bregman so far has hit two home runs. So, by the way, shout out Matt, who's joining us today from San Jose, California, or sunny something, California. It is 823 in the morning. Like, I didn't know he was capable of getting up at 8 a.m. And I'm so, I'm so proud of you, Matt. I didn't know. Um, I but, know him either. I, it's, it's shock. But you're—he's actually going to the game at the Coliseum today, and your fa- and the A's are facing off against Lance McCullers Jr. Cole Irvin is starting for you guys. What is the key to beating this team, and why haven't you been able to do it in two games? Well, it, it's going to require not giving up eight plus runs uh, to this Astros team. I mean, the first game, obviously, the offense didn't get off the didn't get off the board, get on the board as much as you wanted them to. Um, but you know what? It's one game. Zach Ranky really looked on. Um, and so it was, it was a tough game to overcome, but last night's game, they scored enough runs. They had five. It was, it was a pretty good offensive day, especially when you got guys like Matt Olson, who, who went two for four. Um, you're really hoping for more from from Jesus Lazardo who definitely went out there and while he had a pretty good a pretty solid first couple innings in the third inning it just kind of fell apart put two men on um, Altuve and then Brantley doubled and then Alex Bregman hits a three-run home run and it just really kind of gets out of hand from there um, you know uh, an inning later gives up two more runs or I think two innings later gives up two more runs um, he still goes a full five, which was pretty shocking considering he was at like 68 pitches through, through three innings. Um, but then the bullpen comes in and they gave up three more 
including Jake Diekman, who, you know, he had a fantastic season last year and, and looks a bit rusty out there on the mound, struggling with control a little bit, which is what his problem was um, for the first couple of years of his stint here with the A's. And, um, you know, it's been a trend in his career a lot too. Uh, you can see it with the Royals a couple of years ago. Uh, so you're hoping that he can get back on track. Um, they're really going to need Cole Irvin to go out there and throw a good amount of innings. I would say four or five scoreless would be, would maybe, be ideal, maybe one or two uh, at least. Um, really hoping that he can go out there and, 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 and start a really good game because so far, I mean, Chris Bassett had a pretty good game on Thursday for the most part, I'd say. But the end there, it really started to, to unwind and put a couple of guys on. And then Yusmero Petit couldn't couldn't keep him from crossing the plate. So if 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 the A's can get a good amount of, of, of innings from Cole Irvin today, then, you know, the offense had a really good night last night. So so I could see the A's definitely pulling pulling this series back. They still have two more games against the Astros um, this series, and then they'll play them again in a week. And, you know, there's there's still plenty of time to, to right the ship here. There's no panic alarms or anything. But, you know, these games against the Astros, you know, they're super, they're super heated and they're super important to us fans. And I think fans around the league really just want to see the Astros lose too. Mm-hmm. The A's are playing seven of their 19, I think, seven of their 19 games against the Astros in the first two weeks of the season. So getting them out of the way early and they've already dropped two. So they need to, to write the ship because last year they only lost one of their nine matchups, I think to the Astros. So uh, this is already a different. There was season. a little extracurricular activity in, in one of those games where I think set the tone for the rest of the season. Oh, for sure. But look, let's for talk. Sure. Um, so you're going to the game today. First, how excited are you to actually get back in some live baseball? Oh man, it's been over a year, and I can. I got. I got a call from my friend who's in the area, and he said, "Man, we got to go boo the Astros together." And I said, "Yes, you know what? that's that is a fantastic idea." So. Um, I, I cannot believe I'm going back out to the ballpark for the first time. And I think it's over 500 days. Um, it really, really, really is something that I can't believe is happening, but I am super excited and I'll let you know how, how it goes. Yes. Let us know how it goes. Please send us some video of you, of you booing the Astros. We'll, we'll broadcast that is because we don't get media credentials, but we'll consider that our credential to broadcasting live sports all right so that's gonna do for your A's talk let's talk about a team that we might have talked the most about on this show in the past and that is the San Diego Padres because their two biggest acquisitions of the offseason you Darvish and Blake Snell both got their first starts in a San Diego uniform and the Padres are 2-0 on the season so let's talk about so first game the Padres they're playing the Arizona Diamondbacks the Diamondbacks they don't have too much to show but the first game they beat them eight to seven and last night they beat the Diamondbacks of a score four to two. So you Darvish on Thursday pitched 4.2 innings, allowed four runs, six strikeouts, one walk, not his best outing. Definitely not up to his standards of what the Padres are expecting from him. 
in a very good rotation where he has that number one slot. However, last night, Blake Snell was dominant in his first appearance, going 4.2 innings, uh, zero earned runs, eight strikeouts, two walks. And weirdly, the, the greatest thing about the Padres so far that I think is going to show for the rest of the season is Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis are off to horrible starts. Like, like one for, I don't want to, my, my, my not definitive statement, but I think they're like one for 15 in that area. The two of them combined something around there. I know they only have one hit combined though in over 10 at bats and the star of the Padres often so far has been Eric Hosmer. Like, welcome back. Where have you been for the past three years? He's off to six hits in seven at bats thus far in each of the first two games. He is, he's gotten at least three hits and a home run in each of the first two games. So Philip, do you think this could possibly be a year where Eric Hosmer has a resurgence because the Padres gave him good money when he left Kansas city and he has not been bad. Just he's kind of been invisible, not nearly the all-star caliber player. We saw him as a Royal, but great start of the season leading the Padres offense. And with Machado and Tati sure to rebound, it could be a very good three guys to in that, in that lineup. So what's your thoughts on Hosmer and the potential for him this season? Yeah, you know, I actually, I, he had a pretty strong 2022. I think he put up like an 850 OPS last year. Um, but I expected him to regress a little bit this year. And the fact that he's not showing any signs of that through the first couple games of the season is like making me change my mind a little bit. But I mean, that's like, I think that's the strength of this Padres team is that they have so much depth in that lineup outside of Tatis and Machado. Like you look at guys like Trent Grisham, Tommy Pham, who's a great, super underrated hitter, Drake, Jay Conanworth. Like they have so many guys that aren't those two big names that I, I guess people don't pay that much attention to. But um, yeah, they're looking really good. And I also want to say that last week we predicted whether Tatis, Machado, Seeger, or Betts was going to have the better season. And Seager's off to a really good start already. And Tati and Machado are not, like you said, they're collectively only hitting for – or only have one hit. So that's, that's true. Say. Wait, actually, Matt, well, you're here. I want to get your opinion. We discussed this at the end of our show last week. We said of, the, of those four players, who's going to have the best season in the National League West? Uh, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, Corey Seager, or Mookie Betts. If you had to pick one, who would you say it is? And – you can take into account the first two games, but then again, it is only two games. So who would you say? I don't know. I would have to probably lean Mookie Betts just with past track record. I think his ceiling is the highest and he's got that potential. But don't, I mean, look, don't sleep on either Tatis, but seriously, I am absolutely in love with Corey Seager this year. And I would not be surprised if by the end of the year we saw him on, you know, the, the, the final three for the MVP. I think he could be that good this season. And I'll lean into it. I'll say Corey Seager, even though it's a bit cheating to start the season. I'll say Corey mm-hmm. Seager because I am I I think he is going to have one the best season of his career this year, um, and that's saying a lot too because he's had he's had some terrific seasons in the past. Um, but I think he's in line for a real MVP type season this year, and I I can't wait to to watch him hitting in the middle of that stacked Dodgers lineup. All right, so you're agreeing with Philip. Philip said Corey Seager last week. I was very surprised that he said that, but so far he's right. I actually said Machado, who 
and so far I'm wrong, but we'll see how <clears throat> those predictions last as the season progresses. But while we're talking about the Dodgers, let's, let's stick with them and the – I don't know what adjective I want to use to describe Trevor Bauer, but just how annoyed I was watching that he was throwing a no hitter last night. I'm so happy that it got broken up in the sixth inning, seventh inning, whenever it was in the final score of the game, the Dodgers still look, the Dodgers still won last night, but they were up 10, nothing in the final score. Okay. It was 11 to six. So if you look at Bauer, like six innings of no hit baseball come the seventh inning, Trevor Sorry gets a, a hit I'm not I think it was I don't know what type of hit it was but then he allows the Rockies hit four home runs in the bottom of the seventh and Bauer luckily his ERA right now as opposed to zero is now a 5.68 so I'm happy imagine just he imagine just the show he put on in the offseason where he's gonna go his dumb YouTube channel and then he throws <laughs> a no-hitter in his debut like how annoying that would be like he would let make everyone just eat it up but and Matt, did you see the uh, the the Cody Bellinger uh, home run where Justin Turner, like he was running? Yeah, so I own I own Cody Bellinger in my fantasy team, and I did not get a home run for that. It was unbelievable. <laughs> oh my god! So I was frustrated. So, but the Dodgers in in two games. What are you seeing? They're one and one. I, the Rockies won their the first game. What was the final score of that game? It's so easy when we have our the scores at our fingertips, but sometimes we should know them faster than. I probably do. The Rockies won the first game eight to five. Dodgers won last night's game eleven to six. But what so far are you seeing with the Dodgers? Well, I mean, it was a great bounce back performance from them last night. I mean, eleven runs is is obviously going to be something that that you're always going to be happy with, no matter what. Their first game, you you were kind of hoping them to be a little bit more electric early on. Um, you know, obviously the home the the, the home run non home run was was a tough one not to get um you know Trevor Bauer looked fantastic through through six last night until it finally imploded for him but it's fine I you know a lot of a lot of the great pitchers this year have, have struggled a little bit early so you know, you know as we mentioned Darvish had a, a, an interesting outing uh, to say the least on Thursday, you could say Jack Flaherty had one of the stranger outings. Um, also on Thursday, Brandon Woodruff had a tough time. So, so a lot of the, the higher end pitchers um, are, are were, were struggling a little bit to, to begin the season. I mean, honestly, the best performance of the weekend, uh, and I don't know if we're going to get to this, but two of the best performances of the weekend came from the, the, the Orioles and the, I, and the I was going there. John means and, and Sandy Alcantara pitched absolutely fantastic in their debut oh, glass now pitched a great game too glass now did too that's right um so uh you know uh, yesterday's game was was very promising for the dodgers um I, I i love what what they saw at the plate from guys like will smith who you know if you're going to get a, a three for five or a three for four from anybody will smith is as a younger player there, you, you love to see that. Uh, Justin Turner also looked really, really solid. Um, and, you know, they were able to score 11 runs with without, you know, major days from guys like Betts and, and, and Bellinger too, which just shows how deep this lineup is. I mean, Gavin Lux is hitting, I think he was hitting nine, or eight or nine yesterday. And uh, I think he went two for five, which isn't the best day ever, but he looks a lot more confident at the plate as opposed to years past. And if they can get him in a position where, where he's feeling really good, 
day in day out at second base playing consistently that that could be even scarier for the Dodgers who already look like you know the super team that that, that we're uh, uh, fearing that they could be um, you know Trevor Bauer again no hitter through through six and then in the seventh inning collapses uh, I don't think that's going to be a trend um, otherwise he looked really good David Price out of the bullpen did not look that great um, you're hoping that he can bounce back but um, you know in a win 11 to 6 scenario I, I don't think there's too much to complain about um, and I still think that they're pretty heavily the favorites um, going into the rest of the season but but you know and, and like we were mentioning I think you know, there's nothing to scoff at with the Padres. They really, they really overcame uh, quite a bit. I mean, I, we didn't mention it when we were talking about the Diamondbacks, but Cattell Marte looks fantastic in his first two games. Another former Mariner. And he could potentially, you know, I know it's, we're only two games in, but he looks like he could be bouncing back to 2019 form, which could be really, really big. Um, so, you know, the Padres, Padres really, really do look strong early on, but I still think that the, the Dodgers are, are clear favorites there in that division. Probably. Let's, let's just shout out some of the clutch performances of the first two games. Obviously, like Matt said, I was going to shout out John Means. Like, good for it. Like, I think he plays for the Orioles, yes, and the Orioles are going through a thorough rebuild with having to face, like, the Yankees in the race, the top, in the Blue Jays in the top of the division. They're not going to be better than them. But seven means of one-hit baseball? Come on now. Like you said, Matt Sandy Alcantara pitched really well for the Marlins. Tyler Glass now very well for the Rays. Paul Goldschmidt, yes, uh, on Thursday had a four for five game in opening day. And yeah, and am I missing anyone? Obviously, we talked Bregman and like Altuve last night had a great game. If I'm missing anyone, just shout it out though, okay? Oh, also, uh, oh, no, the one I was, yeah, I knew I was reading one. Biggest shout-out probably goes to White Sox rookie Yerman Mercedes last night. MLB debut goes 5-for-5. Five five. And against the Angels, too, a team that I currently am not too fond of. One, because of their division, and two, because of another reason that I won't say on this show. Um, so that's going to do it. I'm going to talk with him at the Mariners because it's my team, it's my show, and I can. So g- game one, uh, Kev- Kevin um, – what's his last name? Uh Kevin Gosman is going to be is going to have a great season this year. Wow. Great performance, like six and six point two innings, two hits, one earned run. The Mariners, the Mariners didn't get a hit in the opening day, opening night until the fourth inning. But then, luckily, the glory that is the San Francisco Giants bullpen came in and absolutely crumbled. Uh, Dylan Moore two run double, and then. Brandon Belt had a nice air that Marmaleos hit. So Mariners were able to win that game. Rafael Montero blew the save, obviously. And, and I'm not going to say obviously. It just it just very Mariners in their opening, in their debut to do. But then luckily uh, we got screwed by the they, – um, the extra inning rule of second base benefited us in opening night by putting a runner on second base. And Jake Fraley had a walk-off walk. But yeah, I, I still do not like that rule. And then last night, Kikuchi. Oh, Marco Gonzalez did not have his best outing in game one. But last night, Kikuchi, very nice to see 10 strikeouts in, I think, six innings or something around those lines. Yeah, in exactly six innings, three runs. But this new guy who we got from, I think, last play from the Marlins, Drew Steckenrider, pitched awful. 
and gave up a home run to Longoria. And then, like, it was just a mess The that he pitched last night. Blew the game. Uh, in terms of our lineup, we have not hit a home run yet, which I'm not too happy about. Because, like, two seasons ago, we started the season of, like, breaking the record for the most consecutive home runs to start a season. That was fun to see. But no one in the lineup is hitting particularly well. Taylor Trammell, who's making his MLB debut, is still yet to get his first hit. Jake Fraley is – he's actually doing better, but only batting 250. Ty France is the best average in the lineup at 333. So, come on, let's get it today. Who's on the mound today for us is Chris – is Flexen, who last – season pitch in Korea, taking on for the Giants, Logan Webb. So it should be a high scoring game. If you can't get, you got to get some more runs than that. All right. That's a good for the Mariners. Let's talk about the, we're still yet to talk about the Francisco Lindor deal because it just happened after we recorded last week's show. But first the Mets against the national series has been postponed because of COVID protocols. I don't know the full story, but it's like, come on, like, the first series of the season gets postponed. It's, it's unacceptable. Like, I don't know who it is, what it is, but that should not happen. But in terms of the Mets, the, Met, the Mets gave Francisco Lindor a 10-year, $341 million contract extension. The Steve Cohen's shining ownership moment. We were talking about if he was going to do it, Philip, And he made the move, and Lindor is going to be a New York Met for many years to come. So... What's your thoughts on the deal? And essentially, yeah, just what's your thoughts on the deal? Um, I thought it was absolutely necessary that they make that deal. And I've seen people think that, like, he got overpaid. But, like, I think that's the price you have to pay for a young top five shortstop in the league. And he's also just proved to be one of the best shortstops in the league for, like, the whole time he's been in the big leagues. So, I have no issue with the money there. And I actually thought it was funny that they won up to Tatis's deal by a million dollars. I kind of like that. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it, it was a good part on Steve Cohen and the Mets locking him up because it would have sucked seeing him walk for them. But, um, yeah, I think it was a good deal. Yep. And Steve Cohen is also bringing back black jerseys to the New York Mets. So a lot of people yeah. are happy about that. A lot of people just, for some reason, don't like the black jerseys. I, for one... When it comes to compare, comparing the blue and the Matt, – Matt is shaking his head right now. Comparing the blue and the black jerseys, I, I prefer the black blue a lot more than way the blue. Better. What are you talking about? You know, looking at it one-on-one, I think the black jerseys – Black are- is tacky. Oh, my. Everyone does black. The only, the only teams in all of sports that can How many teams really do black? pull off How many teams black, black I can tell like- the White the Las Sox Vegas Sox. Raiders. Oh, you're uh, talking about the now. White Sox. Like, if it's part of your color scheme, all right, go ahead, buddy. But it's not part of their color scheme. They're just making it up and saying, oh, we're going to wear black. It's like the San Francisco 49. Remember that one time they wore black jerseys for Thursday Night Football? Yeah, I do. It's like yeah, that. It's, it's like, like no, 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 no. Your team is not in the black jerseys. No, 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 no. Well, I, I respect – I disagree. I think about blue, though. Everyone wears blue. Yeah, but it's like – it makes sense because the the, you know, the Mets are uh, orange, blue, and white, and the orange and the blue are supposed to represent the Giants and the and the Dodgers, who were formerly teams in New York, and they moved away. So the Mets are the team that's supposed to replace both of those two fan bases. So they, the blue makes sense for the Mets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, blue's boring. I get it. Blue's boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to root for a team with interesting colors, root for the A's. Um, oh, is, that, is that your shout? 
If you want to, that's my shout out. If you if you don't like like blue and red and like the boring colors of baseball, that every team every team is blue or red. All right. If you want to have a team with interesting colors, root for the A's. That's what I'll say. All right. If you want to root for the A's, call one eight hundred Mendoza and he'll give information. Uh, I'll take your application, of course. All right. We, we need more. Bad so. jerseys. Do you remember the Red Sox a few years ago? Like the Red Sox road jerseys, it said Boston, but Bo- they switched from red and it, Boston was written in blue. That was a bad jersey I never understood. This was like years ago in like when they won the 2013 World Series. They went back to red a few years ago, but I don't, I, that was a decision I did not understand. And those jerseys did not look good and did not make sense. To end the show, we're going to talk about some some uh, world news that where MLB put, put themselves in. They are moving this year's All-Star Game out of Atlanta. And this is in response to the recent bill passed in Georgia that truthfully, I don't know the full extent of it. And I don't want to pretend that I do. But what I do know is that it's a voter suppression bill. And MLB, I think, is making a good stance in moving the game out of Georgia, I think that a few years ago, the NBA moved the, their all-star game out of North Carolina in response to their their past bathroom bill or something that was discriminatory against transgender people. So what this is going to do, I don't think, it doesn't seem like Georgia is going to change their bill or anything is going to come out of this, but I think this is good on MLB that is really has struggled with embracing diversity issues in the past. And I think this, this is this one of the few things Manfred has done where I, I applaud you, Rob Manfred. So we are just about out of time. And I look, these shows, I, I love doing them, but I'm so happy with there's actual baseball to talk about. We're not just predicting anymore. We're actually analyzing and giving our thoughts on real things that are happening. So we'll be back next week. And yeah, we get a lot more baseball is going to happen. We're going to have we're going to really see who might be the breakout stars this season, who is regressing this season, and what are the teams to watch for in each division. So we're going to recap that all next week. And I'm, I'm excited. Philip, Matt, thank you as always. And listen to our other podcasts, Necessary Roughness, Gotham Sports Report, and Hoops and Scoops. Got some great people doing amazing stuff. And, yeah, this has been Modern Day's Pastime. Check us out next week. Have a great day.